0: Almost episode two hundred eighteen. Hey, my riches, I'm chayot and I hope you're doing great and eager to start the new week. I believe that once you're doing something you really love, even Mondays become a joy. It took my guest Jen T. Grace fifteen years. To pivot from a marketing consultant to a successful book publisher and an award winning author. Many entrepreneurs ask themselves when is the right time to pivot. When I asked Jane T about her biggest failure, she answered, I had this kind of ego that was telling me you can't switch focuses, you can't switch your business, you are known for doing this consulting work. And you've worked for a decade to build your reputation in that specific consulting area. I think, she said, if I had listened to my intuition, listened to my gut and my instincts, I would have started the publishing business faster. And what about you? Are you fighting your intuitions to do something else? Maybe it's time for you to pivot. Let's meet my guest today, Jane T. Grace. Jane T. Grace, MS, founder and CEO of Publish Your Purpose. Jane T. Grace is a nationally recognized business strategist, speaker, and award-winning author. She has been featured in Forbes, The Huffington Post, The Wall Street Journal, and CNBC. Jen passionately believes the more raw and real we can be, the deeper the connections we can experience. This drives her commitment to bring voice to the invisible stories that free people from their isolation. She is committed to giving under-presented voices power and stage to share their stories, speak their truth, and impact their communities. She is the founder of Publish Your Purpose, and in addition to publishing 70-plus books that share the stories of others, Jane has written six, including her memoir, House on Fire. A marathon runner, animal lover, and novice birder, she lives in Connecticut with her family. Jen T. Grace, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi!
1: Hello, thank you for having me. I'm excited for our conversation today.
0: Yeah, I'm excited too, and I just shared with our listeners what you've done until now. and I would like you to share with us what are you doing the most passionate about today and where are you heading?
1: It's such a great question. I feel like my passion always lies with helping people tell their stories. And the way in which I do that is helping people publish their books, and that's primarily nonfiction books and memoirs. But what I'm really passionate about as of late is really making a difference within the larger publishing space and context around the predatory practices that many publishers are out there and essentially taking advantage of first-time authors. And it's something that I've been very vocal about since the time that I started this business but it's just becoming much more evident and much more clear of how often first time authors are just really being sold things that they don't need or being told things that are inaccurate and so I'm I'm on quite a quest right now to really just do everything I can to empower and educate first time authors to just make better decisions for their books and ultimately you know their their larger message
0: and what is the most important thing? I'm about to uh, publish a book.
1: What should I know? Yeah, that's such a great question. And there's a there's a lot of different ways I could answer that question. But I would say at the core of it, so my company is a hybrid publisher. And the way that I describe what a hybrid publisher is, is it's essentially the best of both worlds, where you get the service, the quality, the expertise of what you would expect from a traditional publisher but expense-wise you're paying something more in alignment of what you might be paying if you were off you were out kind of doing it on your own. So because I kind of fall in that middle space, obviously I'm a little bit biased toward that approach. However, every author I want to feel empowered to make their own decision of what's going to be the best publishing path for them. And for some people pursuing that traditional deal might be the best path. And for others, doing it on their own might be best. And for others, it might be working with a company like mine to kind of support them on that journey. So I'm a full advocate for wherever someone might land in that spectrum. You know, they have to do what's right for them. But what I would say is if someone is kind of going about it on their own is to really just do your research and do your homework, because, What I notice is that there are two areas where authors really kind of screw up their books from a publishing standpoint, and that's when they don't have proper editorial quality control or they believe that they wrote it well enough that they don't need an editor. Wow. And so that can make for a very poor experience for a reader. And then the other thing is when they hire people who are not skilled cover designers. So someone can be a graphic designer, but someone who knows how to design a book cover is a is a more enhanced skill set upon graphic design. And so those are the two things on on the very high level, I would say, if someone's about to approach this on their own, they fully support it, but just make sure that you're hiring the right experts to support you on the editorial and the design sides.
0: And what does it mean, a Hebrew publisher? What does it mean? What exactly is unique about your publishing?
1: So what's interesting is that traditional publishing in New York City has been the way for decades, and unfortunately, With that model where with traditional publishing, an author doesn't have to pay any expenses on the surface. There's a lot of nuance to this, but generally speaking, they don't really have to to pay a lot in order to get their book published. They might have to pay for marketing and promotion and PR and things like that, but they're not paying for the services to publish the book itself. But what happens with that and what has been happening over the last, I would say, at least five years, probably close to 10 years, is that that model is slowly becoming obsolete because authors are realizing that they can go off and produce a book of equal or greater quality to what a New York publishing house can produce, and then they can keep all of the royalties and the income that they make as a result of that book. And so because of that acknowledgement by many authors, of, you know what? I don't need a traditional publisher anymore. I have direct access to my readers. I have direct access to consumers. I don't need to go down that path and kind of have this uh, gatekeeper agree or disagree that my book is worth publishing. And so because of that, there's been this emergence of self-publishing. But what happens on the self-publishing side is that it's incredibly overwhelming for people to navigate. And so there's been a lot of companies in the middle, like myself as a hybrid publisher, who have emerged to really kind of fulfill that need in the marketplace for people who want great quality, but they don't necessarily want to have to learn the entire business of publishing in order to do so.
0: Hmm. How did you start? Tell me a bit about your career.
1: Well, I first started, I was a consultant. My background is marketing, and so that's certainly a a unique angle that we bring to the publishing process is that we really have a strong focus on the marketing side, and that's really kind of where I started. I started in insurance. I'm in the Hartford, Connecticut area in the U.S., and that's notoriously been known as the insurance capital of the world. (laughs) And that's kind of, you know, where, where I started. It was, you know, it it was a job. It was boring, but you know, it it did, it paid the bills. And I wrote my first book in 2013. I started it in uh, probably the end of 2011, beginning of 2012. And I published my first one in 2013. And in doing that process, I self published it. And I made every possible mistake you, you can truly make. Like it really, it was not a good quality product, but What happened is that I wrote a second book and I learned from all of my mistakes of the first one. And then I wrote a third book. And by the time I was in between like my second and third book, everyone I knew kept asking me, well, how did you know how to hire an editor? How did you know how to lay the book out? And I kept getting all of these questions of kind of how did you do this? How did you do that? And it was it was through that kind of process of having one on one conversations with people and then teaching people in smaller groups on how to get their book published that eventually that led me into founding a full-blown publishing company in 2015. So that is very you know typical for entrepreneurs, not a linear path in any way. I feel like I can, t- I can tell the story of how it came to be and it sounds really linear, <laughs> but the reality is that it was anything but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're an entrepreneur yourself and I would like to ask you, what would be your best advice to any entrepreneur that is listening to us right now regarding customer focus or anything that has to do with customer approach?
1: You know, I I think the best thing that I would recommend is to track your data because I think a lot of us as entrepreneurs, myself included, we're very visionary. We're very high level. We see this grand beautiful way in which we can impact the world and we get really passionate about it. But the only way that we can really scale and increase that impact is if we really truly know at the very core of who, who we're serving. And I think the best way to really know that is to actually track that data. So we have a very, very complicated spreadsheet at this point. It started off very simple. It's just much more elaborate now. But where we just kind of track data points of who the authors are that we serve. And it's demographic data points, you know, things like age and race and if they're married, if they're living in urban areas or suburban areas, things like that. But then we kind of get into more of those psychographic data points of, you know, where are they consuming their news? What types of books are they reading? What types of magazines or websites might they be consuming? And so that what that helps us do from a marketing standpoint is that it helps us laser focus on who we are serving and how we find more of those people. So I think the more clear you can be on who you're serving and the more you track that, the more robust it becomes and the easier it makes your marketing for finding more of that same person.
0: Hmm. You've got many successes and we'll talk about it in a minute. However, I would like you to tell us what is your biggest, most critical failure with customers, the one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most or almost the most?
1: That's such a good question. Biggest failure. You know, if I think about the areas in which I've failed over time, because this is not my first business, so I have had three, three other businesses. So this one makes my fourth business. And there's even like a couple of other smaller uh, partnerships that happen to that you may or may not want to count as a business. But so this isn't my kind of first rodeo. But what I realized is when I was being called to start this company, I, I did a little bit of kicking and screaming. At first, I, I had this, this kind of ego that was telling me you can't switch focuses, you can't switch your business, you're known for doing this consulting work. And, and you've worked for a decade in building your, your reputation in that specific consulting area. And this is what everyone expects of you. And so when I started to get called to be doing this publishing work, I really, it was so ego focused. And I can see that now in hindsight, that it was just this kind of creeping, well, what are people going to think? Or, you can't just start another business right now that has nothing to do with the business that you're doing. And so I, I call that a failure in a lot of ways, because I think if I had listened to my intuition and listened to my gut into my instincts, I would have maybe started the publishing business even faster or more, perhaps Hmm. more confidently rather than kind of uh, fighting it, like an internal battle with myself that no one actually saw on the surface.
0: So do you feel this is the chosen business? This is what you should do?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely on every sense of that word in that phrase. Yes. And and I felt that at the time too and that's what's so interesting about all of it is that I felt it. I could feel it in my bones that it's this business combines all of my passions into one into one harmonious way to kind of operate. And what's great is that when we're working with authors as a publisher, the end product that we're delivering is a book. So it's a very tangible, here is an is a physical tangible object at the end of our time together. But what I love the most is because I am just a super curious person and the more information the better and I love everything about entrepreneurship is that every author we work with, we get to roll up our sleeves and get to know who they are, but we also get to know the side of them as a business owner because the authors that we work with all have businesses. And so it's really fascinating when I get to start to learn about different business models because we're working with an author in a different space that I might not be familiar with. And so it's really amazing to be in a position where I get to help amplify the amazing message that they have, but I can also satisfy my incessant curiosity on the back end by just kind of getting to learn and know more and more about different industries. Hmm.
0: And now I would like you to tell us the story of your greatest, most significant success as a result of the right customer focus or something you did right about approaching your customers.
1: You know... I feel like I celebrate a lot of, a lot of kind of mini victories and mini wins along mm-hmm. the way. And, and I think that's really important. And I think it's important for your team, if you have a team to also be kind of celebrating those, those small victories. But the thing that I really truly to this day still feel the most proud of is not even related to having my own business. It's, it's, I, I technically had my business when I started it, my consulting business, but I was doing contract work for a chamber of commerce, which was also, again, going back to my curiosity and loving just different business models and, and entrepreneurship is I I was an interim executive director for a nonprofit for a, a chamber of commerce. And in that, I like I was just saying, I got to talk to different types of businesses, both that super hyper, hyper local business like the local florist or the major insurance corporation that was, you know, in the city area. And so one of the things that I was completely hell-bent on achieving was to get our Chamber of Commerce national recognition. And so I had such laser focus, and I think that this applies, this, I think this is just a really good example of how I do this in my business now, is that I had laser focus on we are going to win the Chamber of the Year award on a national level in the U.S. Wow. And every single decision that I made was directly in alignment with, is this going to get us one step closer to winning that award? If yes, let's proceed. If no, then we're not doing it. And that was, you know, that award happened like a literal decade ago at this point. And it's mm-hmm. still one of my, I think one of my biggest the things that I I have mo- the most pride around, just because of, there's the optics of it, yes, like, that's great, we we got the award, but it was more of the skill building that it took within me to have that laser focus, to be able to to achieve that, but also to prioritize. And I feel like that skill set has served me quite well over the last decade. Love that.
0: Uh, John, can you recommend the best, most effective technological or digital tool that relates to customer focused marketing or sales? However, I'm not looking for the last shiniest tool in the endless list. I'm looking for something that really serves you well and can help other entrepreneurs succeed.
1: Yeah, so I use a lot of tools as I'm sure you do and so does everyone else listening to this, but the one tool that I would not be able to function in my business without is a plugin. I'm so my company is on the Google Suite, so we use Gmail and Google Docs and all of the all of the rest, but there is a a plugin called Boomerang. I don't know if you've heard of it, mm-hmm. but It is amazing on every level and it is such a simple tool, but basically, and I'm pretty sure there's a boomerang version for Microsoft and and others, but I just know of it from Google and it costs, I think, $10 a month and it's the best $10 a month you will ever spend because what it will help you do is it helps you remember who you are supposed to be following up with. So basically you're in your inbox, you and I might be having a conversation and you say yes i would love to have you as a guest on my show in may but maybe we're having that conversation in january and you say you know what follow back up with me sometime like maybe the end of march for a lot of people remembering to follow up with somebody at that time where like where are you actually tracking that so what you do is you just hit the button that says boomerang and you select a date and time for when that email is going to boomerang back into your inbox And then, you know, it'll automatically pop up the end of March. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. We were having that conversation. And then you just pop in and say, hey, I just wanted to follow up because we were talking about scheduling an interview for the end of May. And, you know, I just wanted to just bring that back up to the surface. And so what's beautiful from a sales standpoint is that you don't lose any of those conversations. And for my business in particular, as a book publisher, there's a lot of variables that have to align in a way that someone is actually ready to start the process of getting their book published. It's not a, it's never an instant decision. It's not something that some, like an impulse purchase, like publishing a book is not an impulse purchase. So a lot of times there's a, there's a long kind of delay. And so there are people that I've had conversations with three years ago that will come back to me today and say, all right, I'm ready. So I have to be on my a game in terms of how am I constantly you know, following up with them in a very genuine way. And so I just use the boomerang feature and it just always kind of bounce that, bounces the emails back in my in my inbox that I need to see to kind of continue to further that relationship and conversation. And it's the, the best thing I have ever implemented in my business.
0: Great, it sounds great. And uh, we'll have the link in the show notes of this interview. You know, there are many factors that affect one's success. However, I do believe that for each of us, there is one factor that really helps us to win. And I want to ask you, what is your one key success factor?
1: Oh, I would say, if I had to define it for myself and then probably everybody around me, I think they would say my level of organization. Mm. I have an incredible just, just, it's like a default function for me is just being exceptionally organized. And it's to the degree that people don't understand how, how our, how this whole company can be so systematized. So we have documents and processes for every single step of the process. So if a, if one of our authors says, Hey, I was, you know, I was just looking on Amazon for my book and I noticed that X, Y, Z or happened, like something's missing or, something disappeared or they can't find something. We have a document that it's like a a tutorial or an FAQ that's like, okay, if this happens, then you can, you know, then we can fix it this way. Or if that happens. So it's a lot of if this, then that type of statements, kind of like a programming language. And so that I think has just organically happened because for me, I want my business to be scalable. I want it to be I could hand it off to somebody else. I could go on vacation for two months and everything kind of keeps moving forward as if I'm not there. And I think for me, it's just being really, really organized. And I know that organization is something that many, many people struggle with. And I know, you know, most of my friends, I would say the majority of my friends own businesses too. And most of them do not have any type of policies or documents or procedures in place. And they're always asking me for they, like, I get, get told often like, Oh, you should start a business where you're just selling your, your manuals and your processes. I'm like, I do not need another business to be involved in, but I appreciate your compliment. <laughs> Um So for me, I think it's, I really think it comes down to just being like really, really laser focused and organized.
0: And my final question is my mountain question. As my listeners know, for many years I've been imagining this journey of entrepreneurship as climbing a mountain. Step after step after step, and then when you reach the peak, usually you're looking to climb a higher peak, and sometimes you need to go down. And at some point I started to ask my guests, and that's what I'm asking you, whether you ever climbed a mountain, or wished to climb a mountain, Or do you have any relationships with mountains at all? And um, at first I meant physical mountains, literally a mountain. But now I allow anyone to take it to the metaphor as well.
1: Yeah, I love that question because there's such a creativeness to it. And I think for me, what's interesting is that I have been hustling and busting my hump for 15 years in my business. And I have been what I feel like on a straight up mountain cliff where I have just been constantly trying to get to that next peak and try to get to that next peak. And I'm still trying to get to the next peak. We're in scaling mode right now. We have really great systems and processes and now we're trying to pull the right levers that are going to help really kind of scale things in the way that we're hoping. And for me, You would imagine that in the scaling that we'd be on that kind of very steep, that steep mountain face again. But the reality is that I feel like I am kind of standing on, I don't want to say a plateau because I almost feel like there's a negative connotation to a plateau, but I feel like I'm standing very firmly in a nice level piece of a mountain right now. And I'm just kind of looking down and I'm also looking up Mm -hmm. before I start to kind of climb that next very steep cliff because I want to make sure that I'm really intentional as we start to scale. And so we're very much focused on profitability and our profit margins and our cost of goods sold and all of those types of things. So that way, when we do kind of pour the fuel into the fire for scaling, all of those, all of the the profitability kind of comes with us. And so for me, I actually think it's intentionally slowing down in order to speed up, mm-hmm. which is very mm-hmm. much against how I operate naturally as a human but um, it's one of those things that um, it feels good to kind of slow down before before kind of really scaling that next mountain love it
0: I really love it Jen before we will uh, say goodbye what is the best way to connect with you for any of
1: our listeners that would like to be in touch Absolutely. So they are welcome to go to publishyourpurpose.com that has all of our information on how we work with folks. And then also, since you're listening to a podcast, uh, I also have a podcast. It's called Invisible Stories Right to Be Seen. And I essentially interview s- successful authors who have published their books in a variety of different ways and really just kind of uh, get to the heart of the matter of. Uh, what made them successful and how they actually got their books out there and and across the finish line. So you're welcome to check that out out as well.
0: And regarding social media?
1: Uh, Social media, I am personally at Jen, J-E-N-N, T Grace, everywhere on social media. And then we are at Publish Purpose or Publish Your Purpose on pretty much all of the other social medias.
0: That's great. And we'll have all these links in the show notes of this interview. Jen, I would like to thank you so much. It has been a pleasure and it was very interesting. And I think uh, more entrepreneurs would like to publish a book now.
1: No, that would be fantastic. Thank you for having me. This was a great conversation. I appreciate it. Hmm.
0: Thank you so much and take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss